Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, welcome everybody. It is um, Tuesday, June 8th. Welcome to the Ohio. When Craig gets running a little bit behind this morning, but I got Brandon with me. Brandon, how's it going today? Doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me as always. Yeah, it's been kind of an interesting morning, Brandon. Uh, I'm hopefully it's a temporary problem. I'm seeing there's a bunch of sites here in Ohio that are down this morning. Um, I checked some of the Gannett, Ohio sites, and uh, hopefully it's a temporary issue, but it's not, as a web producer, it's really not a good way of starting a morning. So uh, we're praying for IT people. Hopefully we can uh, work that out shortly. But yeah, it, it's a interesting morning for us here, but uh, we're going to plow forward. We're going to move on, and we're going to be uh, talking about some of the stuff going on here in Ohio. Um, some interesting news that kind of came out late yesterday, Brandon. Um, you know, the Johnson Johnson vaccine has been something that it hasn't been quite as effective as uh, Moderna and Pfizer. Uh, it actually was kind of taken off service for what was about a week or two. Uh, there was some a couple reports of clotting. And they wanted to make sure everything was okay. It was. It came back. But, you know, Brandon, here's a sign that we're not, I mean, Vaximillion is helping, uh, you know, us vaccinate more people. But we're not quite where we need to be because uh, Governor DeWine um, issued a statement late yesterday saying, hey, by June 23rd, there are 200,000 Johnson Johnson vaccines that are just not going to be effective anymore. Uh, in essence, they're going to go to waste here in Ohio. Um, I don't know. I mean, you can look at two different ways. Did we make too many vaccines that not enough people are using? I'm not sure if that's the case because our rates are still kind of hovering around the 50% mark. Anything we could do here? I mean, can we just drive around and find 200,000 people and help them out? I mean, I got, kinda... I got an idea. I got yeah. an idea, Chris. We do a lottery. <laughs> okay. We we up it to t- we have two million dollar lottery. Oh, keep, <laughs> if you get the Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> it seems it must be it must work right. You know, um, one million's not enough. You know, that's so American Idol money. We need to do X X factor money. Like maybe make it five million. Um, it will change your life if you get yourself the Johnson and Jackson vaccine. <laughs> Or maybe we increase the winners. I mean, this is kind of disappointing so far. I mean, you know, we're thinking, man, what if these people win? Or, or, or we almost kind of felt that either we were winning or one of our somebody we know are winning. But the first two people, we don't know who it is. Why don't we just say there's ten winners now? Wouldn't that make it more exciting? I don't know if Dwayne can find ten million dollars 
legally, I guess I should say, there's probably $10 million out there in some nice little government account that's being used for nothing as uh, certain party members would uh, per, per, uh, prefer. Um, but yeah, um, would be nice to just, you know, could, would be just nice to say, you know, hey, we're going to let businesses decide if they want you to be vaccinated or, hey, we're going to still continue mask mandates until, you know, maybe that's what I would have, you know, seen like, hey, DeWine says, hey, we're, hey, we're keeping the mask mandates, the, the, uh, the kind of the temporary, the hybrid shutdown in place until we reach 70% vaccination. You know, maybe that might have been a little more incentive to get people to uh, get the vaccine. But of course, you know, state legislature said uh, no to any, any, any um, uh, such action um, or, you know, as far as like, you know, the traditional uh, guidelines we had in place up until June 2nd. So, you know, we're out of ideas. I don't know, Chris, what, what, what we can do to just say, please get vaccinated. If you can get vaccinated, if you can't get vaccinated, um, you know, I, I mean, that's just, well, that's what's really frustrating. There are people who want to get vaccinated, but can't because of a health condition. And I know, you know, somebody outside, like if we look back to this conversation 20 years from now, we're like, man, what a first world problem. I mean, we're like, how, you know, we got to get more money to get people vaccinated, but that's kind of where we stand. And for as bold as the wines vax a million thing, I mean, just look at the rates before Vaximillion. I mean, it took a Vaximillion contest to get more people signed up. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And if you think about it, isn't like Johnson Johnson like 72% effective? And I think um, against like Moderna or Pfizer, it's like 94, 95%. Um, so it's not quite as. Oh, what's the right word? Potent or, you know, as strong maybe as the other vaccines. But hey, you know, here's the advantage, Brandon. It's a one time deal. You know, you get that vaccine, you're good. Yeah, Johnson Johnson should be like, I mean, it's not, its effective rate is not as good as Pfizer or Moderna, I think. Uh, it's, you know, pretty still high, 65%, I think is what I've heard. heard right. it. Um, I think Pfizer and Moderna are probably a little bit closer to 90, 90 to 95%. Um, again, don't, don't hold me, hold me to that. Do your, do your research people Google it. But, um, but, um, yeah, Johnson Johnson though, what's nice about it, it is a one and done. And, you know, um, you know, it's just like, you feel like it, it's so easy to like really offer, really mobilize that particular one. If we have that in supply and to get people vaccinated, but we're like, I mean, my gosh, there are places in this across this country that are just trying to disincentivize getting vaccinated by like taking away every single stick, every single like, you know, you're not allowed to punish people for not getting vaccinated. And let me be clear, if you are medically, I'm not talking about people who medically cannot get vaccinated. That's not who I'm talking about. It's the people who can and who think that they can just go about their day as if there was no pandemic is like a head scratcher to me. But um, um, just saying, I have a right to go to the grocery store without a mask or uh, a concert without a mask or, you know, I can I can um, pretend there is no pandemic. It's just like it's, I don't I don't see why why we why we the uh, why people have to make this accommodation for people who don't want to act responsibly. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't understand either. And, you know, 
I think it probably was evidence of the issues that we had before. And I bet you part of it was, hey, you know, there were a lot of vaccines out there that aren't getting through. And, you know, I go back to President Biden. I, I appreciate his efforts. I appreciate his goal of 70%. But, you know, it may be easier said than done. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday with the golf tournament over with the memorial. You know, it's interesting. And, and you know, I said this to Craig yesterday. The fact that the leader of the memorial had to withdraw because of COVID, I don't think that's reason to you know, have shutdowns or anything else like that. But it's evidence that, look, COVID may not be as pressing of an issue as it may have been a year ago, but COVID's still real. I mean, COVID is nothing to mess around with. And I think we just have to be understanding of that. Well, I keep in mind, you know, Dan Tierney's, what Dan Tierney told us here on the show, like, you know, you know, it's a, wear a mask and, you know, Businesses could have like could have as many people as long as they were, you know, could socially distance in groups of 10 or, or whatnot, as long as you could. It's kind of like I think it was groups of 10. I forget what time period time we had them on when those because the deadline guidelines did change a lot. So that wouldn't help. Right. But, um, right. but and the CDC, it, it, it's like it's sort of tainted, you know, because you don't know how much politics played in its late, latest and its latest um, of an, and um, um, announcements. But. As far as like, you know, well, you should, you can wear a mask. You should wear a mask if you're not vaccinated. You don't have to if you're not vaccinated. It's very confusing. Um, and I still bring my mask around because I don't know if there's a business that's going to require mask wearing or if it's going to um, require or not require it. Um, I just, my wife is more of the, I'm wearing my mask still because I'm, va- even though I'm vaccinated uh, to certain grocery stores, I just kind of like, you know, um, man, I just either want to have, I have it in my pocket in case I need it. So and if my wife's wearing it and then I'll wear it too, cause I don't want to create confusion for people who see us. So it's a bit of a bit of a, like, I don't know how this is the best of both worlds. It just seems really in, or it doesn't even feel like it's going to tackle the problem, um, the pandemic. But, you know, like I said last week, uh, we're just voted to live with the virus for years on end and our children be like, reading this in history books and just saying, why did you guys were so dumb about this? <laughs> uh, well, Ain't that uh, the mystery? unless we're going to have, um, maybe this won't be taught in the history books. Maybe there'll be a group that says, Hey, don't teach this part of history. You know, don't teach critical virus theory. <laughs> yes. Yeah, critical virus. Theory. <laughs> don't that, teach it. it. It's a Marxist agenda. <laughs> the pandemic never happened. Or it's a, if it did, it's a footnote, Chris. It just gets mentioned as like the uh, uh, the 2020, the year the the Earth stood, uh, the year with the uh, the year the Earth stood still, or something. <laughs> speaking, speaking of that, let me give a plug. Um, yesterday, we we recorded uh, had some time yesterday and recorded an interview show. Um, you know, some people who have been able to come on at nine or six a.m. when we usually record. And, man, one of the people we talked to, and Brandon, she's got to come on when you can listen to her, too. She's fantastic. She renegotiated from the Canton Repository. I came on to talk about some, uh, as a black woman, she has a great, unique perspective uh, about things that are happening. And, you know, we talked about this critical race theory and some of the other things that are happening in Canton and Hudson. And, you know, I 
she's like a George Thomas. You always learn something when you talk to uh, them, but um, it made me sad because I was like, boy, does this whole thing make you sad? Sad, And she said, yeah, but doesn't surprise me. And, you know, we got to do better than this, you know, and it, it's tough, but, uh, but yeah, check out the interview that I'll release later this week. But yeah, I mean, guys, it's back to the vaccines. I mean, look, I don't know how you feel about the vaccines. I can't, I mean, I'm not going to be the biggest cheerleader in the world for the vaccines, but right now the vaccines can open you up to a lot of things. Um, it appears that this golfer, and again, he's a traveling golfer. Uh, it did, didn't look like he was in Dublin on Monday uh, when he was exposed to the virus. But look, the guy apparently doesn't hasn't been vaccinated yet, from what I understand. And that decision, he lost $1.6 million. And it's not... Like what we're talking about here, where we say, "Hey, if you don't get vaccinated, you're not qualified for vaccination." He had 1.6 million in his hand, and he had to let go. So, look, you know, be that a reminder to say, "Look, you know, you're kind of restricted in what you can or can't do if you don't have the vaccine right now." I'm just kind of curious, like, could not have, for that situation. I mean, I, I didn't. I only heard about it yesterday when I got in the office uh, for the first time. In a while, like, well, I should say I have been in the office during, um, for th- sparingly when I was just, but now we're, we're asked to come back in the office now, like on a hybrid schedule. But it was, that's when I heard about it from a coworker because I don't really follow golf. So I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> but I was curious, like, you know, when you see golfing, is it really like, yeah, you got a crowd of people watching the golfer, but I feel like the golfer, aside from a couple caddies or whatever, I mean, it's, is it really like, you know, an issue if he just simply wore a mask. I mean, um, you know, I don't know if that throws his game off or something, but just, I don't know what, I guess there were rules in place that I guess, you know, if you don't, if you don't, um, if you test positive, I guess you can't pursue playing golf, but I just think that's such a weird, a weird, um, weird outcome for, for a golfer. But I don't know. I mean, I don't make the rules, I suppose. So I'm just a little interested in their reasoning why he couldn't continue, even though he tested positive. But um, seeing that as long as they create some socially distancing guidelines, I mean, um, you know, whereas like a lot of other sporting events, there was like, you know, you know, it's important that guests in the audience, you know, you know, should, you know, um, couldn't be in the stands for some, a lot of sporting events because you just the idea of like 20,000 people's coughing and breathing on your players doesn't seem like, um, a safety thing back in when we had no vaccine, but um, I don't know. I'm just spitballing some ideas out there. So, or thoughts. Yeah, I think it, there was a procedure and what they were supposed to or not, because I mean, it is a valid point out there. I mean, you know, he, and he could even have golfed, um, you know, it's a national televised tournament, but you know, maybe he went out there at 7 a.m., uh, got his score in, I mean, obviously, you can televise it, you know, um, for people who are interested. But um, I, I think it was just a rule that the golf tournament had. And honestly, like you said, if we're going to have to live with the virus as it appears that we're headed to, maybe we need to kind of rethink our regulations and rules about that. Um, I, I think there is a concern having them around other people. And maybe golf is different than, like, work or something. But, you know, 
I, I guess he could have. I think maybe that rule wasn't in place, and that's why they didn't so far. So I don't know. Uh, it's interesting, and I kind of I like that story, and not. Be, I, I felt bad definitely for John Rom, but I, I think it's a good example of saying, look, let's don't overreact when stuff like that happens, but let that be a reminder that hey, there's still definite effects of COVID going on. And we need to figure out the best way of handling that, you know. Uh, do we make people withdraw? I mean, I, obviously, he's got to go into not hiding, but he's got to be by himself for a couple of weeks, you know, uh, because he could be exposed to other people. So there's definitely still a reality out there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how golf handles that, not just now, but in the future. Um, uh, Brand, let, let me g- give a quick word out for um, Chase Bank. Uh, we talk about them every day, but you know, to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, with Chase Bank, um, it definitely helps you, makes it a lot easier during a time like this for COVID, where you don't want to be having to run to the bank fifty times a day. Um, it, I've had luck with online; it makes my banking a lot easier. Uh, go to our um, links, either on our podcast provider page or our web page. Sign up for account, attach a direct deposit, and they'll uh, deposit in the latest is 225 bucks. So uh, check out Chase, and hey, it's a great way of getting paid for listening to our show. So check it out. It's worked for me, and we hope it works for you guys as well. Um, Brandon, good news. I think we've got our internet sites up. So uh, I put uh, that story that we were talking about uh, at the end, so you can find it there. Uh, but before we get there... Um, kind of interesting. Um, every city is kind of reacting on, you know, the mask mandates are done right now here in Ohio, but obviously uh, local institutions can kind of create their own mask mandates and everything. And Columbus City Council last night said, hey, we're going to repeal the mask mandates for COVID as well. And, um, you know, the dispatch story talks about, hey, there's 60% of people in Columbus who are not fully vaccinated. Um, you know, it's no, it's noteworthy because it's Columbus, but I think it goes back to the same conversations we've had for the past week. Um, you know, the, the part of me that's very careful about COVID, I kind of gasp a little bit when I read stories like this, but then on the other hand, I kind of question when they have mass mandates, how effective were they? Because, there was really no enforcement capacity to it. So, yeah, in theory, I would like to see a mask mandate. I'd like to see a mask mandate continue. But when we had mask mandates, that really stopped people from not wearing masks. That's the thing I'm kind of struggling with. I mean, if we, it's, again, like, um, believe it or not, what got what got enforced, Chris, was the, the restaurants and bars that uh, had people in their places. Like, there were still stories of, Oh, this down Palm bar, this short North bar got cited for, um, got, you know, got cited for, um, um, not really enforcing the mask mandate. So I think there was plenty, I think it was like, um, plenty of teeth, even though it might not have been at the individual level, you know, there's just like no way to like report someone being a, a, a butt to the poor cashier when they're asked to wear a mask. But, um, but yeah, like, um, the, um, you know, the, the, um, I think it's just kind of, uh, uh, 
kind of you see the where the way the this direction is going. I mean, cases are kind of going down um, in some in some parts. I mean, overall, maybe and on average, but. So I think it's just we're kind of we're kind of like the best analogy I can come up with is just like we have decided to like ride ride that we finally got finally got a surfboard, Chris. We finally got a surfboard and now we're just riding the wave, (laughs) the wave of of COVID, you know, and hopefully we don't tip over and fall into it um, um, or, you know, our our, um, even maybe I should say like our surfboard is still under construction while we're riding it. (laughs) I don't know if this. Analogy is making sense, but that's kind of how it sounds, and it's just kind of like every all these governments are just saying, "Hey, we we see the direction, and we're just kind of riding it." Um, so yeah. Well, and I think, and, and this happened when things ramped up when COVID first came around. I think a lot of these places fall the lead of the bigger place. Um, you, you know. Like when DeWine would make health orders, it became a lot easier for cities to kind of follow suit. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if it would be right for Columbus City Council to say, hey, you know, let's keep the health orders. You know, uh, there is a problem here. We got to do that. I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I think if we, once COVID eventually goes away, I think if we went back and looked at the winners and losers of this, I think the mask mandate would have to qualify as the biggest loser in this because I'm not interested in a police state, but I think the mask mandate overall meant nothing. I mean, it was almost like, you know, I mean, I don't want people, you know, shooting people who weren't wearing masks, but just to say, Hey, you know, wear a mask. And then, when the media starts asking, well, hey, you know, what's the what happens if you get caught not wearing a mask? Well, we'll warn you. Well, how many times will we warn you? Like six times. And then if that continues to happen, then, uh, you know, I, I guess we might consider finding you. How does that work? I mean, how does that help? You might as well just say wear a mask. Like I said, I, I think you're focusing on the wrong aspect. Like, yeah, there were going to be. When during the mask, the pan, when mask guidelines were up, I mean, I think people mostly adhere to it. There were some people who don't, you know, and I don't think there really was anything you can do at the individual level unless, you know, you actually ordered your police officers to like, um, you know, to enforce it. You know, it, it's weird because think about it this way, Chris, like I was thinking about this the other day, like the fact that when we get pulled over, um in our cars, like somehow the police officer always asks for a proof of insurance. And it's such a weird, um, when you think about it, I guess if they take a moment to think about it, just think how weird it is that, um, you know, it's not even a criminal matter or like necessarily, it's just like it is your law, although the law does require you to carry proof of insurance, but it's kind of like the police officer is almost like a civil, you know, in bureaucratic inspector to make sure you're compliant with, with the state law to carry uh, car insurance, you know? So it's almost like a whole wrangling of like bureaucratic processes to enforce, make sure that you're compliant by carrying the limited, the most uh, basic coverage. I mean, we've, I just, my argument is, yeah, could we have put in more teeth behind the mask mandate? Yeah, we could have political climate's probably not there, but uh, Uh, but I just think it's it's kind of funny to. I mean, obviously, it's easy for a police officer to go and uh, ask you for proof of insurance when they pull you over for a 
a traffic violation. But um, but it, it is interesting that that there's almost this um, that there that somehow we they found a way to to enforce it. They found a way to um, um, you well, know, you to, said it was um, the bars and restaurants and places like that. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. I guess I tell people this: there are plenty of laws on the books that are meaningless because they're not enforced. It's just how the nature of law works. I mean, laws are only as good as they are enforced. Um, and if it's hard to enforce the law, then you have to figure out, okay, how can we enforce it? But, um, and that's, you know, in this case, you know, it's more about holding establishments like, Hey, why are you not, why are you not enforcing the mask mandate? You know, like, um, I think it's, like I said last week, it's kind of tough for businesses to, to necessarily do that, but you know, they have to, uh, when it was, um, acquired, but no longer, not a problem. Old news. Yeah, and that's why I never got the political language out there saying, oh, all these draconian health measures and everything else. I mean, okay, it was an optional mask mandate. I mean... <laughs> I keep I keep thinking about the mentality of our culture here. It's just like, imagine teleporting half these idiots to World War II when, oh boy, you, you're, you're rationing, folks. You're getting this much sugar. You're getting this much uh, uh, meat. You're getting this much... Um, um, you know, this much of food during, cause we need to save that. We need to ration the food and make sure we have enough for the troops fighting the, the Germans, the Nazis. But, um, you know, man, talk, that'll be draconian. <laughs> I Matt, they would say, no, we have a right to sugar, um, right to, uh, as much meat we want to eat, you know, uh, just, that's the men, that's the, the, always the mentality I got. So, um, I wonder what happened. I wonder if part of that is based on a perception of what's happening. Like, you know, 9-11. I mean, after 9-11 happened, things changed a little bit. I mean, you know, you think about how travel goes. I mean, the travel rules and what you can or couldn't do. I mean, it was a lot different if you flew before 9-11 and gets flying after 9-11. And, yeah, we got ticked off about that, too. But I think we maybe accepted it more because... I think there was an understanding that people said, oh, 9 11 is a big deal. And, you know, I think there's still a lot of people that say, hey, COVID is like, it's the flu. It's okay, you know. And maybe that's why they're not accepting as much because they don't recognize it as a big issue. You know, I don't know. It's, well, people kind of look at it in their own personal experience of like, um, Oh, I, I had the, uh, you know, they might, might be a family member, might be someone who's like, a um, or someone who works in healthcare relative in some capacity. Like I, there are n- nursing workers technically were really hesitant to get the vaccine. Um, and they kind of, cause they, and you know, um, uh, work nursing workers, I should say in, in, uh, elderly care facilities. Um, and I think that was kind of, um, don't forget, they were kind of like, you know, El- very probably one of the early ones eligible to get it, but probably still raw when you heard all of the about, you know, what should the vaccines are trustworthy or not. And that was that kind of sl- sl- smear was kind of done at the uh, done done by on both sides of the on the aisle, political aisle, especially, though, I think partly a little more on the Democratic end. But um, during because it was just 2020 election uh, spiel. But um I think the um, 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 the um, uh, oh man, uh, it's the the uh, <clears throat> sorry, my throat was getting dry there. But um, 
Yeah, I think the um, uh, healthcare workers and um, um, you know have like everyone's got different experiences. As was back to my original point, was just how to um, you know, oh, this person got COVID, but they only they didn't it didn't seem to affect them. Oh, some worse. Oh yeah, I know some people got who died from COVID, but. I do. I do think the the media is exaggerating the numbers. It's just kind of like they're hearing it from different sources, and it depends on really on where they're getting their information from. Um, you know, for me, I haven't really been totally affected. Like, I haven't lost any family members. Thank God. Um, I did, but the man who married my wife and I, like, he died from it, and I was. Yeah. It's just kind of that was as as surreal as it got for me. Um, and he seemed like a healthy, fine guy. A, a guy who was. Um, living life and whatnot. But, um, and I don't know if it's just, you know, we had 500,000 people, uh, or, or at least, uh, in terms of COVID deaths. Um, and I don't know, but when you spread that out among the country with 330 million people, that's really kind of a drop in the bucket. I mean, it depends on how many people we know, know, um, you know, of those, how many connections, six to six degrees of separation do we know, of those people, I mean, does it feel that same impact? I mean, we and it, it and that's why that's the thing that we were trying to say. That's why journalists oftentimes compare, you know, deaths in terms of like another tra- traumatic event. Like, how many nine elevens would this equate to now? How many? That's the thing. We got upset. So our nation got so upset about three thousand deaths on nine eleven because it was just kind of. Think it what what freaked people out in that sense was just the real shock and shock and surprise of that this this could happen in America where a group of people can get on planes hijack them and then ran them into uh, structures um, you know is just kind of was like was like kind of unimaginable in that sense um, so um, you know I think that was. There's, that's why I think there's a bit of a discrepancy between something that's tra- traumatic as 9-11. The other thing, too, one other thing real quick, you know, is 9-11, you know, people often call 9-11, compare 9-11 to Pearl Harbor. But as me as a millennial growing up, you know, I feel like I always was amazed, like, man, we really don't reminisce about Pearl Harbor the way we do about 9-11. Um, even Joe Biden, I think he, he, he said that 9-11 was the Pearl Harbor of the day. Um, I might be attributing it to the wrong politician, but that's what I think he was even quoted saying back then. So I just didn't think like, I feel like the two incidents were a little bit different scenarios or have different uh, implications. Well, and the sad thing when you think about COVID is, you know, you're right. 500,000 people dead in America. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I never got the, well, these main people died in car wrecks and these main people died of cancer. Whatever you want to think about that, COVID represents 500,000 people more dying from that. You know what I mean? It's not like, all right, you know, since you died of COVID, you would have died in a car crash this year anyway, so, oh, well. No, this is 500,000 people more in America dying on top of those who die in car wrecks, of those who die of cancer and everything. And it, it's sad. So you got 500,000 less people here in America. You've got the, the civil discourse has went to crap. And, yeah, you could definitely make an argument that, it has in the past four years. I mean, it's, it's not just COVID-based, 
But man, we got to a point where we weren't just arguing about politics. We were arguing about how to approach a health crisis. And believe me, I'm not saying one side is the exclusive right way of handling COVID. But man, I mean, Brandon, we've read all these conspiracy theories over the past year and just all this other stuff. And look, you know, we joke about football and, you know, we joke about, hey, you know, you're crazy if you say the Browns are better than the Steelers or whatever. That's football. Who cares? You know, we could joke, laugh about that all the time. But when you're talking about health remedies, when you're talking about how to handle a deadly virus, oh, that just got, I mean, that, oh, just so troubling, you know. And we we lost it. You know, we lost that discourse in America. Yeah. Discourse has definitely not been been producing the best outcomes. Um, and, um, you know, like I say, well, time will tell of who was kind of in the right and who was in the wrong. And um, I do think, like, you know, Chris, the, the story I always think of is always the story of, like, the, the, the man and the starfish. It was just about a guy who throws... Um, you know, star, who throws starfish into the ocean, and um, a boy comes up and says, "But that'll t- that, you know, that'll take forever. Like, how? Why? 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 Why bother anyway? Because the task. Well, in the way uh, the boy who asked the old man why he throws starfish in the water, it's just like the what question really is is for a task that's so that that's so that's so um, surmountable." Um, why even bother kind of thing, you know, and the guy said like, well, it'll make difference for, for this one starfish, all the difference of a world for this one starfish. But this story came up like a lot, you know, for like people for not in my backyard kind of folk, when they go to council to explain why they oppose their construction project or bike path or whatever, you know, well, this will affect my own property. It's usually been taught, brought up in like that own circumstance, so really, they use the story or metaphor to like really highlight, like, oh, I don't like that you guys are pushing something that you think will benefit the community at large over my individual uh, individual uh, well being, you know. And this, in the case of COVID, it kind of seemed a bit reverse in a sense, like you know, government saying, hey, we got to look out for this one for every, you know, a, a life lost to COVID. Is 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 life one to more, and people were kind of and people who were kind of like saying, "Look, this is the the anti mask folk particularly were like, this is kind of treading on my liberty, my personal freedom, but and really, or you know, or this is not really really even good for the economy or the community, um, you know, I th- you know, I highly doubt those two reasons I just cited were like the main reasons, but they're kind of saying this is, you know, the, that's why." Um, and, but so, you know, who cares if one or two people die from COVID is kind of like their, their, um, you know, um, or if not like one or two, but if the given, 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 like any given number of people die, you know, as long as the statistics are, are low enough, like it was almost like a weird, I'm willing to live with this amount of deaths <laughs> kind of scenario. And I just think it's like, man, we can make the difference of the world for one grandparent, for one for one person, a cousin who might have asthma or one person who has a chronic condition that makes them at, at risk uh, to COVID. Um, it's almost like the man, you know, that story kind of goes to the wayside then. So um, just weird to me, I'm more fascinated about 
sort of the philosophy behind it or what kind of psychological psychology that people have in terms of these kinds of issues. And my challenge to a lot of people out there is, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, Hey, I'm part of the pro-life movement. Okay. Well, great. I'm, I'm in favor of life too. Well, if you're in favor of pro-life movement, okay, you can talk about babies in the womb and everything else. That's great. But at the same time, talk about how we treat people day to day. Talk about how we handle COVID. Talk about, let's talk about getting good information out there so people can get vaccinated and, and we can help people's health and everything. That's part of pro-life. I mean, if you're pro-life, you're pro-life throughout. I mean, you're pro-life from um, before birth to the instant someone is born to how we give them health care throughout time and um, even to death decisions you know how do we be pro-life how do we support life and you know that's important too uh hey before we move on to the next story uh, i want to give you some advice uh we haven't talked about them quite as much but uh we partnered with hope interrupted uh it's a book uh written by um my friends um byron mccauley and jennifer mooney they address some of these issues how to talk to other people how to deal with other people um brandon for a long time in my life, I didn't know a lot of people of color or people with opposing viewpoints, and it helped me in my life knowing people that are different than me, that look different, have uh, different viewpoints and everything. And, you know, if you're out there and you're like, boy, I don't know people like that, I, I make it your mission meet people and there's people not that far away um you know get to know different people and everything and byron and jennifer's book does a really great job um you know byron's a black man um jennifer's a jewish woman and they talked about their story hey they're from different cultures uh, and they talked about how their relationship grew and they've uh, really learned about each other and learned about opposing viewpoints and you know a great book to check out we're proud to host a podcast on our network uh, their last episode came out on Sunday, and I'm hoping uh, we'll have another episode to you by Sunday. And more importantly, you can check out the book at HopeInterrupted.com. A lot of good advice for how to deal with situations like this and how to better talk to people and how and how better – I mean, Brandon, we're not going to be able to grow – until we hear different viewpoints. Uh, we talk about history, and, and obviously the same thing goes with news and everything. A lot of times we just want to digest and ingest stuff that we're on board with, we agree with, but we're not going to learn until we learn how to understand different viewpoints, listen to different viewpoints, and it may not mean you agree. You, may, you don't have to adopt the different viewpoints, but understand what other people are saying. It, it, it's definitely going to help. It's definitely going to lead to better uh, just relationships um, throughout society. So check out Hope Interrupted with my friends Byron and Jennifer. All right, uh, Brandon, let's move our order of stories. I want to kind of end on the up note. Uh, so let's talk briefly. Um, you should see this in your notes. Um, yesterday, we talked last week, uh, there was an uh, interesting story in Canton about a uh, football coach at McKinley, a very notable high school up there, um, that where there was a 17-year-old player that was asked to eat an entire pepperoni pizza. Um, as a punishment, I guess, uh, for missing a voluntary practice. Um, it was a problem because the guy is a Hebrew Israelite, and part of their religious beliefs is, you know, you can't eat pork. 
And obviously, you know, a pepperoni pizza has pepperoni, which is pork. Uh, the coaches claimed, hey, once we heard about this, we took off the pepperoni. But obviously, there's still pork residue. You can't, you know, scrape all the um, pork off the pizza. So it violated his religious beliefs. And, you know, outcry happened. Uh, these guys lost their job. Uh, it was the head coach as well as six assistant coaches. Well, yesterday, um, Kelly Weir from the Canton Repository was able to uh, talk with uh, Marcus Watley. He's the head coach uh, or, or now the former head coach of McKinley. Um, interesting, Brandon, to see his comments here. I don't know. I mean, you know, he talks about, hey, he loves football, he loves kids. Well, he should. I mean, I guess, you know, if he didn't love kids and love football, he wouldn't be a head coach in the first place. But then what kind of I thought was interesting, uh, his attorney spoke up and said, hey, they ran plenty of sprints. The sprints weren't working. Uh, they needed to get through to this guy in another way. They needed to show him what it was like to be the only man eating in a room full of hungry working men. That's the lesson that needed to get through to him. Brandon, I've never heard of his punishment. <laughs> and I, so I guess they're claiming that it wasn't like they knew that this guy was Hebrew Israelite. They want to mess with him by making me a pepperoni pizza. They were just saying, hey, for this punishment, we want to have him sit in the room and, I guess, tick off all of his teammates by eating the pizza while they all sit around and watch. I, I, you know, let's start out here. Are we getting too zen in our punishments? I mean, running gets through to me, and I think this running makes this is such a this this requires such a stretch of. I I don't know. I mean, this is that attorney. Give him, give him his, give him his. He earned his money. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, like you know, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, is it just simple misunderstanding? Is that the question? But, um, okay. So actual. Down, you know, sprints weren't working. Okay, so you're 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 trying to you're trying to what just dis, dis, uh, create a sense of discord um, between your teammate your teammates. Then like, oh, we're gonna pit your teammates against against you in order to you to so you won't miss a voluntary practice. Um, you know, um, which is still the head scratcher. There is like, hey, if it's is, is it really like an unspoken rule like you don't miss on voluntary practices I think you know you know if well if some if a player's not not missing voluntary practice reward those people don't punish those who don't you know you reward those who go above and beyond and if someone rather than punishing them for not going above and beyond it's kind of a head scratcher to me but also if you're gonna cut, cut, uh, create this plot kind of plot to of you know maybe then you better check uh you know, hey, anyone got dietary restrictions or if and if, you know, you're a coach who orders pizza for your team, normally you would think you, at some point, uh, you know, hey, um, hey, everyone, what's your what, what do you what kind of pizza do you want to eat? Oh, sir, I don't eat pork, so I'll just have a cheese pizza, you know, make sure I, I can't eat. I, you think that kind of conversation might have come up if this is the first time ever that they're ordering pizza. <laughs> and it's sad. Used to be you order pizza for celebrations or even if the team lost, you know, or ice cream or whatever. But, you know, no, you order pizza as a punishment. What is wrong with our society at this point? Um, but, yeah, maybe to your question, yeah, we're, we are getting a little bit too zen maybe. And 
Um, you know, you know, you know, there's, there's the other option of don't play the kid. Don't, you know, nope, you're on the bench, but even still, it was just because they didn't show up to voluntary practice. Um, you know, or if there was some more other issues, it wasn't really about the voluntary practice. That's still not clear to me. Well, and if you think about this, I mean, you know, Brandon, you and I were in a relationship where, you know, I, I was a manager, you worked with me. Um, and I would say, you know, we, I had to be careful in the way I treated people that worked with me as a manager um, back when I did that. And But I would say the rules were even different here in 2021 than when we did that, what, five years ago. You got to be careful. I mean, I work remotely, so, you know, I'm not sitting in the same room with people, but I have enough meetings every day, and I correspond, and I talk to people via chat and everything else. Honestly, I've I've sat and there's some things I wanted to say, maybe some jokes I want to make and everything else. And I'm not paranoid. I'm not worried about, uh, you know, there's not a cancel culture going on or anything else like that. But I call it more common sense where sometimes I, I just think I'm like, OK, I'm going to make this joke. And I, and I sit there and say, you know, that may go over the wrong way. I'm just not going to make that joke. And, you know, again, you know, people could say, oh, cancel culture, why are you doing that? No, I just say it's not smart to say certain things. It's not smart to do certain things. And I don't know why these coaches didn't take another step and say, and they're claiming, hey, it's worked to other programs and everything else. Okay, so what? Just take a step and say, this may be going a little bit too far. And even if right away you don't think of how it could be a problem, you sit there and say, hey, look, it's 2021. This may not go over the right way for certain reasons. And maybe they're right. Maybe there wasn't a thought about the player's religion. Maybe they weren't thinking about that right ahead. But when you don't, when you start trying random stuff in 2021, you're going to get burned. And they got burned. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Good, good, good points there all around, and yeah, just kind of, you know, you, words, words still matter. I think you know, in some ways, like our culture is kind of subconsciously evolving about how we, you know, what it used to be. I always thought, man, we back when I grew up, you know, we always say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But I don't know. I mean, that that, and I, you know, I think some ways we it's kind of sad that we kind of move past that but other times it's like you know you know words can hurt i guess and you know you kind of have to you know i think we're at a time where everyone's fed up <laughs> with with you know you can't just say anything you know i mean you have to be kind of cognizant of what you're saying because you know i think what hurt what can hurt you know you know if someone's so mad at me and they want to punch me out fine you know my bruises can heal provided you don't put me in the hospital. <laughs> you know, maybe I might end up seriously injured, but you know, um, but sometimes, you know, there's also the psychological maybe, you know, and that's that, that phrase was said a lot of times when I grew up because mental health wasn't probably, um, you know, a high priority back then. It's almost like we told our mental health care back then was just tough it out. Um, so, you know, do I think you, you know, you know, um, it, that, um, you know, you just got to like sort of 
whether you're in a role of role, any role of position of power, you know, a coach, a manager, you know, you got to think about what you say and do um, and make sure that it doesn't cross the line. And that line can be different for certain different groups of people. And also, but you also got to keep in mind that that relationship is how public that relationship is. Cause you know, sometimes people might make jokes to each other on Twitter or something and that people see that joke and they take offense to it. Um, so it's all so many different scenarios and so many different factors you've got to consider about what's appropriate and what's not. Yeah. I just, uh, well, I remember back in middle school, um, there was an incident where, um, this guy, it was a math class, like algebra and the kids were falling asleep in his class. Um, so I was a student at the time in the, the guy's class and this girl kept falling asleep. So this guy would do different type of punishments. So he would have this big jar of water and he would hold it up over the student's head, uh, start, you know, pouring it out where, you know, a little bit of water gets on the student and the student wakes up and, you know, maybe his thinking was, okay, she'd be embarrassed and uh, think, you know, she wouldn't go to sleep again. So one day he does this to this girl and the girl kind of wakes up like, oh, and then she, I, I think she inadvertently hits the guy and the guy loses control of the water and the girl gets soaked. I mean, there was a ton of water in his pouch and she runs away and the guy had to apologize. He kept his job and everything. It may have been different in 2021, but it's like, just think before you do certain things. If, if you're punishing kids or whatever the case might be, you may have this brand new, unique idea that's worked somewhere else. But, you know, think, you know, what are the possible downfalls? I mean, is there a religious, is there a reason why this kid shouldn't eat a certain food or whatever else? And, you know, there's another quote here by the attorney where it says, he wasn't forced to eat anything. He was offered chicken nuggets and they say, you can sit here and eat. If not, you can leave. That's the lesson. Well, why would it be a punishment? Okay, so... You know, when I was your manager, Brandon, say you kept coming in late for work, and I said, Brandon, you're going to eat a pizza in front of everybody. Nobody else can eat, and everyone's going to be mad. Well, if I say, hey, you could sit here and eat, but if not, you can leave, why is that punishment? <laughs> I don't get that. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but, you know, there's more. Story's definitely not going to probably be the last we'll talk of it, and, you know, other chapters, it's now that it's being handled in the uh, the most appropriate place, the court of law. So <laughs> we'll yeah. have to see where things go with it. And I understand too, and, and you you raised the point. It's not even just say, hey, a weird punishment that you know a coach could lose his job over. Uh, the other thing is, hey, he could lose his teaching license. Because remember, even though McKinley is a very big, notable high school program, these coaching contracts in high school are supplemental contracts. Um, you know, they may be, I don't know, maybe five, ten thousand more than what you're making as a teacher. So these guys are still employed by the school. They may not be anymore, and they could be facing federal hazing charges. So, I mean, this is serious stuff, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what ends up happening there. Uh, let me give you some quick uh, more advice before we uh, get to our final story. Um, yeah, yeah, check out our other content, um, Brandon. I need to talk to you about this offline. We haven't had a chance to talk about it, uh, but we have a uh, kind of 
instilled a paywall where what happens is you could get bonus content behind uh, if you subscribe uh, to our channel. Um, Substack um, is our website that we're using. Um, click on Substack. You'll get bonus um, posts over the weekend. But we're also making a bonus podcast each day that you can take a look at behind our paywall. Very inexpensive. It's a great way of supporting the show. Check it out. You'll always get free content. Um, this podcast we do each morning is going to be free. Uh, we have um, Craig uh, records of George. That'll be free. I record of Paul and Joe. That'll be free. But some of our extra podcasts are behind the paywall. Check it out. It's a great way of accessing, uh, sponsoring us, keeping us going, and, you know, of supporting the show. I mean, that's really what we're trying to do here. So uh, definitely check that out. Hey, I went in with kind of a fun story. And I hate to say fun story, Brandon, because somebody did get in a crash. And whenever you get in a car crash, it's not fun. But it was interesting. Uh, cicadas. Um, we are hyping up cicadas this year in the news. Every time we write about cicadas, a lot of people are interested in this. Um, Brandon, on Sunday at the golf tournament, um, cicadas were a really big story. Um, Brandon, do you remember hearing cicadas on Sunday at your house? I haven't heard a single one. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I kind of had, I had a lazy Sunday, wasn't feeling super well, so I had the golf tournament on. I'm not a big golf fan at all, but, you know, I figured, hey, it's in Columbus. We need to check out, see what's going on over there. And it was loud. My wife was out on the deck. She came inside. And she's like, man, what's this noise? And I was telling her it's the cicadas on TV. You know, so over in Dublin, there's a lot of cicadas, very noisy. It was funny. We live on the east side of town. We weren't hearing any cicadas. Uh, I talked to Megan Henry. She was kind of more downtown in the Ohio State area. She didn't hear anything. Brandon lives a little bit more west in town. He didn't hear anything. So apparently it was just in Dublin. But the cicadas were a big deal. Well, there was a crash recently in the Cincinnati area. And you can see there's a picture there. Uh, uh, car was kind of messed up. Um, they're blaming on cicadas. Uh, they were saying Monday evening uh, there was a guy uh, who was driving. Uh, he drove for a swarm of cicadas. And they said one of the cicadas flew in the car, hit the driver in the face, and temporarily stunned him, and he crashed into the utility pole. What's going on there? I've never heard of a cicada-induced uh, car accident, So, um, but they only come out every 17 years or so. So, you know, I would love to see Google just search 17 years. I think it's early enough to see if we had any reports of cicada causing uh as the cause of the crash 17 years ago but um um yeah uh, it, other than that it's like a mysterious um uh it reminds me of this mysterious incident when a toyota prius uh got a lot of fame for you know a guy couldn't stop his car in the middle of the highway it just kept accelerating but um and then despite all investigations they could never figure out why why the the vehicle was um um couldn't couldn't replicate that that same acceleration people kind of thought hmm this guy that he just kind of was speeding and he thought oh this is how i can get out of it um well, for the most part though it seems bizarre kind of in this cicada case um it seems like a bit of a um uh, sounds bit sounds realistic sounds like hey yeah maybe they're out there i've 
folks have said that, you know, they're hearing them out in their areas. Some, some like me have said, we haven't seen them or heard them, but, um, it is an interesting uh, phenomenon every, every so often. Yeah. And, and they're saying, Hey, keep your windows up. So, I mean, I guess it's not like you have to keep your windows up all summer, but maybe if you hear the cicadas, put your window up if you're driving around. Uh, that would be good advice. <laughs> wow. Uh, kind of crazy. I, I don't know, man. Um, I'm, I'm not worried about the cicadas, but man, maybe we got to be more careful now after this story. I, I'm just kind of, kind of creeped out. and I feel bad for the guy. Thankfully, I mean, he was wearing a seatbelt. Another good reminder, you need to wear seatbelts at all times. But, you know, the poor guy, um, you know, looks like he told his car. So now I, it's going to be an interesting insurance claim. Uh, are cars covered for cicada attacks? I guess I never asked that when I signed my insurance deal. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if there's cicadas coverage as uh, part of that, but uh, maybe maybe they should have that on there. Um, cicada insurance. Actually, that'd be kind of fun, you know. Hey, cicada insurance, you know, pay pay up like uh, uh, you know, hundred buck, uh, ten bucks or hundred bucks. Um, you know, for any cicada-induced injuries, uh, man, you would make a lot. We, we can make some money off that, Chris. Let's let's, let's wrap this from the podcast later. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we'll edit this out so no one takes this idea. Or, you know, hey, if you get the idea and you're, you're brave enough to make you got from us, yeah, 10% finder's fee. Let's get 10% of the company, you know? And, and that yeah. way, you know, we can get 10% for doing nothing, just from giving out these wonderful ideas. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, kind of interesting. I, you know, cicadas. I don't know. Sometimes I think are we way too overhyping the story, but other than the poor guy that has the crash, I mean, I guess the biggest issue that cicadas are proving. I mean, it hurts crops, so I guess if you're a farmer, it's going to hurt. But thankfully, cicadas haven't been the global issue that like COVID's been or some of this other stuff's been. So I. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not as fearful of cicadas as I am about other stuff. Uh, I'll tell you, I I do a uh, show with Joe uh, Frost um, each week where we kind of pinpoint some silly news from around the world and we talk about it. Uh, we found the story in Australia where there were mice. It's on the east side of Australia. They have, like, I guess, 2 million extra mice around for some reason, and they've been crawling up into people's houses in their beds and biting them, which we were talking yesterday about. My goodness, uh, it's so much that's a hundred times more freakier than cicadas and probably even more freakier than, um, you know, COVID would be like, man. So I guess we're lucky, I guess what I'm saying. I mean, this is the first time where I, I see a, a really big harm for the common person. I, I, is cicadas more fun than other stuff going on? Maybe this is the fun we need this summer, you know? There's a lot we can worry about, a lot that's going on in the world that we need to fix. But maybe cicadas are just giving us that. Maybe cicadas can bring our country get together, Brandon. What do you think about that? Um, a lot of um, zen there, Chris. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And again, not to say cicadas are completely harmless, but man, you know. In, in a world with you know racial tension, a world with everything else going on, 
maybe cicadas are that distraction we need so we don't get totally depressed about what's happening in the world. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a thought. That's something I'm going to run for if I run for president. More cicadas. And you know, what scares me is the last couple of times I've talked about cicadas, people are like, they're hearing about more people that are eat, eating cicadas. Uh, you talked a couple weeks ago about this um, insect that they were offering at like a Youngstown hot dog stand. Are, are you ever, and I know you were interested in eating that insect, but are you at all thinking about eating a cicada? No, <laughs> I've seen them. They look gross. Yeah, um, a cricket look. A cricket looks appetizing. Uh, uh, a cicada, uh, no, thank you. Well, I'm hearing that from more people, and nobody is on this podcast going, "Yeah, I'm eating cicadas. They're great." But the more I hear about it, it makes me think: Is this more common? Are we accepting cicadas? You know, are, are they going to be the next medical marijuana? Where maybe 20 years ago you'd say, "Man." Medical marijuana is never going to become a thing, and now it's pretty common. I mean, are 20 years from now, like if if you listen to this podcast 20 years from now, you're going to be like, I can't believe they ever doubted cicadas as, you know, people are eating cicadas all the time, you know? Maybe that's the next big thing. I wouldn't eat a cicada, but maybe we need to invest in a cicada restaurant. Maybe that's how we can make money. Yeah. Yeah, it's an idea. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's going to become the next huge deal. I mean, I don't know. It's not a world I want to be in, but I don't know. It's just, it's stunning. So, all right. Well, Brandon, I think we've done enough damage for the day, so we're going to have to spend the rest of the day apologizing and making up for what we did over the past hour. Um, Anything else you want to mention before we close up for today? Uh, Just that the apparently your uh, Gannett outages that you were experiencing, Chris, they're not, it's happened at Amazon and the Guardian and Reddit, but the what the um, apparently it's a cloud computing services provider um, has ident- been identified as the cause of the problem. Fastly, I think they're called, um, and that they just may be having some technical issues. So that's probably, thankfully, not a cyber crime or a cyber assault, but just you know, just one of those days where the service wasn't working properly. Yeah, and apparently um, they're saying. I'm looking at this on Cincinnati.com. They're saying, um, you know, the sites were out for about an hour, starting just before 6 a.m. So, well, hey, I, I want to be selfish here for a second. Thankfully for me, I start work at 8 a.m., and I'm glad that the sites are back up because, yeah, it would be a problem if these were out most of the day. And, you know, these sites, I mean, we, d- we definitely still are – invested in print and we are producing print products each day but believe me we are investing a ton more in online uh, you know every year it's kind of growing and growing so man uh, there was a lot of nervous people including me as i was doing this podcast thinking man this is going to be a big problem if this is down for a long time but thankfully yeah it's not good that fastly had a problem but thankfully this is back up we're open for business, Brandon. This is great. Yeah, sounds good. Excellent. All right, well, we will be back tomorrow with another show. Uh, Craig had some internet problems. Maybe maybe Craig's using Fastly as an internet service. I don't know. 
we'll, we'll have to see if Craig's back up or not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll, we hope to have Craig back tomorrow, and we'll be back with some more Ohio news. And like I said, check us out every day. Uh, we have a free podcast, okay? So don't think that you have to pay for everything. But please support us. Please consider supporting us. You'll also have a podcast for subscribers each day as well. So, yeah, thanks, everybody, for checking out The Ohioan. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.